trying to gather myself. It's the first time you've ever answered the question that way. <laughs> hey everyone, Dave and Jeff. It is October 5th, 2020. I just asked Jeff, are you ready? And he said no. For the first time in like 20 years. <laughs> Dave, I just would really, really like to start the show on behalf of all of San Diego saying, fuck you, Dave. We're so sick of your shit. Fuck you, Dave. You dick. You cocksucker. <laughs> God. Dude, it's they haven't even started playing yet, and people are hammering me already. How about the guy, the funniest conversation that I saw today Like, you rarely get mad, but you were clearly mad about the guy who said he muted you. The guy with 73 followers. Yeah. And I'm looking at this shit today, and like it's crazy, right? Anybody working, if your job's still going, our job's busy as shit, so I find five minutes to look at Twitter. You're like, I love, somebody pointed out, he tagged you in the post to say he muted you. Yes, he did. That's what it was. So... Woods, if you saw yesterday, that was very funny. Told everyone to mute. He did your move. You're the one that told people to mute me before. Yeah, of okay. course. So he told people to mute me within whatever an hour. Four hundred something people muted me. How'd you know that? And so, well, it, it said we're I'm muted. Like pictures, we're done. Muted, muted, muted. You know, like you were doing the screenshots. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go through each one of these fuckers. Oh, and when they want to come back in, they aren't back in. Did They're, you block them? And so, I, dude, it takes so much fucking time. It's it like, does. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. So at first, you know, I go, fine. But if they don't want to play the game. Yeah. Because if the Padres win, hey, man, I'm open season. I'm right fucking here. Yeah, you're done. But if you're going to play that game and mute me during the playoffs, yeah. dude, I'm not going to give you a chance to take a free shot. Right. You know? Oh, there you go. Mute them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fuck you guys. You guys couldn't play the game for a week because I'm willing to be in the dunk tank. Oh, sure. But fuck off. I'm not only getting the dunk right. tank. So that was, that was it. So the guy said, I already muted him, whatever, a year yeah. ago. But, and, and then but, I took a shot back at him. But and, wait, he said... Because Elston had the funniest line. I didn't see Elston. I, I, dude, I got too many of these fuckers to follow guys like Elston. I was gonna, I was gonna send the message, and fucking Elston beat me to the point, which yeah. killed me. Um, because he said I muted him a long time ago because he's either he's unfunny and unoriginal, or something. It was unfunny and what or was the un- other word? I don't might have been uninformative or something. I don't know what it but was. But there was, and Elston yeah. goes, well, you know. The unfunny part. And I died laughing because it's yeah. like Elston gets it. He's yeah. just fucking around. Of course. And uh, and that's exactly what I was going to write. I'm like, yeah. well, hang on. <laughs> like, let's not beat the guy up. Yeah. Like, let's take a look at what he's saying here. I can't wait. I, I just, I the whole thing was I was going to come in and do a thing and tell you, you know, the whole city's going crazy yeah. because we've waited so long and tomorrow's going to be so exciting. Because, man, finally tomorrow afternoon, it's the NHL draft, and the Kings have the number two pick, and aren't we all jacked up? Uh, Which is going to be really, really great, especially if you're a Kings fan. But that is not the story. And when you look back at March and where sports were and baseball and everything going on with this team and who the fuck's Jace Tingler, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the turnaround with Tatis and Machado and what Will Myers – and then to have it play out where it ends up in yeah. the playoffs with them and the Dodgers. Which has never happened. Never. Never happened. I mean, it is so nice awesome. and original and awesome. I mean, this yeah. is cool as can be. And 
you know, here, here's here's how I feel about it. As you said, 2020 has been so bizarre already. Right. I mean, I, you were driving over here. The president did something crazy within the last hour where you're just going, man. They almost it, fall over? No, he just went home, ripped his mask off, and said, had COVID, not a big deal. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, just like, everything's fucking yeah. nuts. All right? Everything's crazy. But the good part is the Padre Dodger part, yeah. okay? Because, again, they've never matched up. My son, who's, who's in his mid-20s, was shocked. He didn't know that they've never matched up yeah. in the postseason. I said, no, they've had big games like 96 that have sure. come down in the end. But to have a series where these guys are going to match yeah. up to and go to And they don't that- like each other. Like these two, yeah, they don't. I don't think the current versions, I think they've, in years past, Padres might have had whatever feeling for the Dodgers. And Dodger fans was kind of, huh, whatever, the Dodgers, whatever. Yeah. After what happened the last time that these teams got together at Petco with Grisham, like it's uh, it's go time a little bit. And I think the Dodgers will tell you that was the thing that pushed them they to did. finish the season strong. And so the guy who was really upset was Dave Roberts. Clayton Kershaw, who yeah. threw the pitch, said, fuck it, go ahead, yeah. celebrate. Do it. I made a mistake. He, you jacked it out. Good for you. But Dave Roberts lost his shit. And you know, Dave, I don't care what you say. And anyone ever tells you in life, you aren't good enough, you're going to remember that forever. Yeah. And he would have preferred to have an opportunity to be the Padre manager. He didn't know the Dodger job was going to open. Right. At the time, he thought this was his best chance to be a manager and be right here in his hometown of San Diego. It all worked out for him. But Dave was chirping. Dave went after Andy Green a couple years ago. Yeah. You know, Dave has a little bit of the red ass when it comes to the Padres. So, yeah, there, there's hatred here. Manny Machado was a Dodger. The Dodgers mm-hmm. told him, you aren't good enough. We don't want you. Our organization is better with a, without well, a, you. We've all seen the clip yeah. of Machado in the batter's circle telling that kid at Dodgers Stadium, I bet we get there before you get there. Yeah, he did. Well, all right, let's yeah. go, Manny. Let's go. This is it. It is It is really cool. And if you look at all these series right now, they all hate each other, which is really weird. Uh-huh. I didn't realize the Marlins and Braves hated each other. Oh, I, oh there's a ba- really bad blood. Like people are saying the series between the Dodgers and Padres might be the least of the hate. That so there's so much fucking oh, hatred shit. between the A's and A's the Astros and, and the Rays did and the Byers Yankees. Did Fires get in that game? I, I was watching that game today and yeah. then I got pulled away. Did he get in? And so I didn't see Fires get in the game. I I I turned it off. I don't okay. I can't imagine Fires was getting in the game today after, after what the was Astros. happening. God damn that. But man, there's so much crazy shit to make it exciting. As you yeah. mentioned, you're a big hockey guy, and there, there's big news in hockey coming up. The NBA Finals are tomorrow at uh-huh. the exact same start time as the Dodger-Padre game. In San Diego, the ratings are going to go to the Dodgers-Padres. It's going to be fucking nuts, man. you gotta, yeah. you got to love it. At the same time, I'll admit, as a guy that watches both teams, and yeah, yeah, yeah my heart is with the Dodgers tomorrow. I'm, I'm scared. I'm telling you right now. I'm not confident yeah. the Dodgers are going to win this series. Padres are playing with house money. Yeah. No matter what happens, the Padres are okay. Because the Dodgers are expected to win. They dominated the regular season. Uh, we don't know where Clevenger and Lamette are at this season. I, I don't think anybody's looking at this because of the offense that San Diego has and said it's L.A. in three. But I think if you talk to most people around, they're saying L.A. in four or L.A. in five. I don't know how many people. Are, now, I'm not playing the the world's against us card. Yeah, I'm not doing any do of that. that. Not when you now. have the best lineup in the postseason. Stop. I'm not doing any of that. Yeah. But I just think. When you get down to the final four, one's favorite over two. And that's yes. what you have here. So if you're the Padres, you're going in with house money. Yeah. The Dodgers are going in knowing what has happened the last couple of years. And I feel like there's a ton of pressure on Dave Roberts. Yeah. I feel like there's a ton of pressure on Clayton Kershaw. 
I don't know so much, Dave, that there's pressure on the everyday eight. I think the Walker Bueller thing is an interesting story, but it's the same thing with Lament and Clevenger, yeah. right? Both sides with, I mean, Bueller. I, I think you have legit questions about one and two going Lament and Clevenger, Bueller and Kershaw on either side. And that's why I'm fascinated by this series. Yeah, I, I, from what I'm hearing right now as we do this show, because the Padres are keeping everything really quiet until tomorrow, Yeah, is Lamet sounds like he's out for this series. Sounds uh, like Clevenger's a go for this series. Okay. Okay. For the Dodgers, Walker Bueller hasn't thrown more than four innings, you know? he's They say he's still not ready to go. So you have Bueller who can give you four and you go bullpen, which leaves you, if you're the Dodgers, your best pitcher that you're relying on is Kershaw, who hasn't yeah. done well in the postseason, but was Kershaw is, is saying right now. But you got Urias, you got yeah. May, you yeah, got other Yeah, Gonsolin, who had a yeah, 0. Got, 0.77 right. ERA against the Pots. But Kershaw made a good point, I thought. Not not an excuse point, but he said, if this is the regular season, I'm still weeks away from the All-Star break. When you saw me in oh. October and struggle before, that's with me with 257 innings under my arm. I'm just ramping up. Man. That's his line, at least. Why? Sure. But And he looked great against the Brewers. But, again, who knows, man? Anything can fucking happen. It's postseason baseball. What I didn't realize about the, the Texas Stadium, because it used to be mm-hmm. in Arlington, the ball shot out like crazy. And I know you, you were away from the TV all day today, but Petco Park, home runs like crazy. Oh, Dodger yeah, Stadium, saw, yeah. Home runs like crazy. And Mookie Betts and those guys were saying, this is a big fucking ballpark. Like, it doesn't shoot yeah. out like it does in other places. So, it's a it's it's a big field. The athletes are going to be able to to do their thing, hit the gaps. You might see the triples and the doubles, and maybe see a little bit different game than you've seen from the Padres and and the Dodgers during the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I I think looking from San Diego in your everyday eight, okay, Nola's not really going to be legging out triples. Hosmer's not. No. But Cronenworth can run. Yep. Tatis can run. Machado can run. Yeah. Then you go out to the outfield. Profar can run, Fam can run, Grisham, and Myers yeah. is pretty good. Yes. So if you got balls that are going into the gap, those guys can fly. Exactly right. And I don't have any problem with that. I like that kind of baseball, yeah. right? Where um, where you're moving guys around, guys are stealing, right? Yep. And uh, I look at that, and then for the Dodgers, you go, shit, man, you got dudes on that team that can fly. So Bellinger and Betts and, and those dudes can yeah. move it around. Turner's not really going to no, leg out a, anything he, out. That'd but be the worst thing for Seager them. can move. And Chris Taylor, yeah. Taylor can move. So, yeah, I just think uh, I, I think it's going to be really, really fun. I think the intensity is going to be fun. And if San Diego beats this team, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's absolutely unbelievable. I'm with, I'm with you 100% on this is – for me, there's an interesting point when you talk about guys running that popped in my mind when you talk about a little bit of old school baseball. The Padres, to me, are the best bunning team in the postseason. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because teams don't practice bunning like they used to. They no. don't move runners. Or the Dodgers definitely don't fucking do it. But we've seen that Tingler has called for it. They'll lay the bunts down. And if you're in a situation where you aren't hitting a ton of home runs like you normally would at Petco or Dodger Stadium during the day, um, all of a sudden, what can you do to generate runs? And we know Tingler will lay bunts down. Yeah, I, I talking to a friend in the organization that had heard the podcast last week when we were talking about Myers and, and what do you give credit to. It, they did confirm the one thing that we brought up was the impact of Damian Easley. Yeah. And that Damian Easley deserves a lot of credit. I mean, he's the first guy, what, in the history of Petco Park that will survive his second no year? No kidding. That, first hitting coach. Yeah. I, That's I amazing. I don't know if any guy, I feel like they've gone through a guy literally every year of the ballpark. 
embarrassing. And yeah. uh, and they found their guy. Dude, because he, he's done so good that you could see if he can do this again, he might be a guy that's getting interviewed for managing jobs. We we saw it against the Cardinals where guys were down 0-1, 0-2 and drawn a base on balls. Yeah. That never happened with this team that I can remember. Even when you go back to the most probably beloved hitting coach this team ever had was Merv Rentman. Yeah. I can't think of anybody that was loved more than Merv. I don't remember that team taking pitches no. and, and – extending pitch counts like this team's done it's been really fun but yeah what an amazing week I love the matchups that we have I think a lot of fear was that you would end up with one of these final four matchups in either league not being very fun but Dave Atlanta and the Marlins is really great Dodgers San Diego New York Tampa yeah. even if you're not interested it's kind of fun because it's right here at Petco which Park. is really crazy and the way their uniforms look it looks like it fits like almost a home yeah. game for both teams and with Renfro and Margot yeah. and and the star power of Stanton and Garrett judge. Cole giving up home runs yeah. tonight and and judge and yeah everything this is fun and that A's Astros god damn Dave I, I mean we've watched San Diego come back yeah Boy, the Astros are the comeback kids literally every game. Yeah, they, they absolutely are. They're playing extremely well, and they have ace pitchers who aren't there, like Verlander. And oh, man. Obviously, Cole wasn't there a year ago, and, and you're sitting there and you're going, man, these guys are playing really good baseball. Hell, they've won, what, four, three straight, right? Three straight in the postseason, the Astros. Yeah. And what, what can you say? So, uh, overall, man, I'm really excited about it. I'll tell you because we didn't get a chance to talk about the, the Cardinal series. I said to you right when we turned off the mics on there, I said – are the Padres playing when we do our next show? You said, yes, they are. I said, yeah. no, they aren't. The thing that made me nervous and, and not trying to be a dick to, to anyone that's a Padre fan, I didn't like the fact that Tatis and those guys went out and started touching all those Padre fans before they got Kinda on the crazy. bus. And I'm like, shit, Major League Baseball couldn't have liked that either. Well, what is seen downtown? It was crazy. Yeah. I, and everybody's going to make their own decision. I'll just tell you, for me today – one of my closest friends who is a doctor who has practiced every bit of caution got called in. She had to be tested tonight for COVID Yeah, because even as she protects herself every day, she came in contact with somebody that had not been necessarily as protective. And even though they weren't that close, uh, it was a younger kid. The kid tested positive, and now wow. she had to drive two hours tonight. She's like, fuck, I got to go test for COVID tonight. And so, yeah, it's we've talked so much, and you haven't seen much of it because of what's going on with Trump or the debate or everything else. But remember how all we heard was what a great job Canada had done, yeah. and they had done everything. Canada right now is in wave two, which feels like it could happen down here. And when I was talking to her tonight and saying, what happened? She said, A, a bunch of kids went back to college. That was it. But she said the weather changed. Yeah. And she said when the weather changed, all the outdoor restaurants became indoor restaurants. And everybody's social distancing started to come back in. And you're back in that. And, man, they are getting crushed in Canada, where since March they have done everything they can to be ahead of the curve. And this second wave has come up, and she's like, I don't know, man. She goes, I hope not, but be yeah. aware down there in the States because it feels like what's happened for us is happening on a lot bigger scale. So it's different, obviously, here where it feels like it's been 90 every day. Yeah. 
But man, oh man, if you've got relatives in the Midwest or the East Coast where the weather's starting to change, please get on the phone and just remind them, be careful, because they are learning right now, and they are just... The backlog for the Canadian medical, where they get free medical, yeah. is unbelievable. Like, those centers are overwhelmed because they can't catch up. Wow. It's funny is Thursday I'm getting on a plane. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to Dallas. Right. Actually, it's weird that I'll be in Dallas for three hours while the Padres and Dodgers are there, but yeah. not going to the game. Then I'm going to Tennessee yeah, and then coming back. But I'm looking at those maps, too. And if you, I don't know if you looked at it, but the way it's cut across the United States today, it's like everything across the country and up is red. Okay. And everything down, meaning like Arizona, California, New Mexico, Texas, they're 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 in good shape. Tennessee's right now one of them in good shape. Okay, but you sit there and go, well, fuck, you never know, right? I mean, if you talk to the airline as far as is the middle seat open between you guys? Because a friend of mine flew from Knoxville to Tennessee and said every from Knoxville Knoxville to Austin. Okay. Said every seat on the plane was sold, I think including that's the middle seat. I think that's for me, too. How are they doing that? I don't know. I'm going with Josh, and he has an aisle seat, and I have an aisle seat right across from each other, but some asshole is going to be next to both of us in the middle. Is Rita going? No, she's not going. Because of work? Because of work, yeah. But it's it's uh. it's one of those where you, you sit there and you go, well, Grant, I'm going to wear a mask the whole time, obviously. And, you have, and you have to stop in Dallas for three. Yeah, stop in Dallas for three. So San Diego to Dallas is three and change. Dallas to, to no, Nashville is It's like is an what? hour and a half. Not bad. No, nah, it's okay. not bad. So it's funny. Like my mother hasn't left the house. My mom's going to be 75 this month. She hasn't left the house since this whole COVID thing happened. She hasn't seen a friend. She hasn't gone anywhere. And I could tell in her voice she wasn't happy about us coming. Mm. So I finally said to her, look, do you want me to stay in a hotel? I said, just be honest with oh. me. And she said, well, you know, there's one close by. And I said, why don't you just fucking say it? Yeah. I don't blame you. Look, I'm going to be going through airports and air and airplanes and everything, uh-huh. and I'm going to bring my luggage into your house. And finally, she came forward after a month of pushing me off saying, yeah, I'd rather you stay in a hotel. Keep your distance from me. Yeah. The- <laughs> I mean, that's just where we're at. But I, I, I don't blame her. She's 75. No. Dave, usually I tease her. You can't. You, gotta, <laughs> like, you can't. You gotta be, you gotta be careful, man. I'm telling you, all you gotta do is just talk to different people that have fought it and dealt with it, yeah. and see the impact that it's had on them. Why take the chance? Yeah, right. Nobody needs you to be a hero. Nobody needs your mom to be a hero. Have you had a test yet? Have you tried it? Have you not had tried it? Have you had to have a test? No, I like I said, a friend of mine did it today, and she had the Q-tip, and she said, "I swear to God, it felt like they were painting my brain." Yeah. I, I had it done a couple weeks ago. The, the swap? And so, yeah, I, what happened was Josh went out of town, but you come in here. You have yeah. kids. So I said, well, I don't want you coming in here and me getting yeah. it or Josh having it. So Rita, Josh, and I all got tested because we knew you come to our house. Oh, nice. And so I'm telling you, when they do it, <laughs> anyone who's had it done is going to say exactly what I'm going to say right now. I had no idea, Jeff, there's another level that you could go back further. You know it's what crazy. I mean? Like, you're like, I didn't know this even existed in my face to go back further than, the, they're like deeper. Like, I was holding it myself. Yeah. They go, no. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then, boom, all of a sudden, there's a whole other groove where it goes back to well, your brain. Well, you've seen those magicians yeah. that do like that crazy pull thing. Pull the worm out of your throat. Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> That's what it was like. You're like, what the fuck? I had no idea. Now, her voice changed. I was talking to her. She did it in a drive-thru. Yeah, I did too. 
And so her line was like two hours. Uh, mine was, okay, look, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to give the, the secret if someone has to get it done. Yeah. If you go down to Aquatica, okay, here yeah. in Chula Vista, off of Main Street, Aquatica or the Amphitheater or whatever the fuck it's yeah. named now, there was no line. For me, we went right in. In the car, we were done in three minutes, found out in 24 hours. And by the time we got done, there were like two cars behind us, but it was fantastic. It was really easy. How it much? It was free. Oh, great. And it was one of those where I needed to get a test because we do this show. I wasn't going to yeah. turn the show off for two weeks. She did it, and then I'm talking to her afterwards, and her voice changed. Really? And she sounded very nasal. <laughs> 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 and I was like, you're nasal as shit right now. And she's like, can you know it? And I was like, oh, like, she didn't have a speech in bed. Yeah, you were goofing on last week. Hey, <laughs> every time you kiss Heather, uh, it's like you're kissing my dick. Hey, man, you, man. Who are you? Yeah. I love both those guys, man. They're oh, like two of my funny. closest friends. But no, but it, did you know? Did you sound more nasal? No, I don't think so. I, I, they give you a tissue, like, hey, if you start tearing up. And I, of course, yeah. it, it makes your eyes tear up. I didn't start sneezing or she anything a, like that. She said it was post nasal drip. Yeah. But she goes, God damn, they just go in yeah. and then they walk away. She's like, they, they didn't even buy me dessert or nothing, <laughs> man. She's like, it was like, see you later. And <laughs> it's like, but she uh, she got tested tonight, and then she's actually getting tested again tomorrow. Yeah. Because back to back clean it's days. Scary, yeah. It I said, yeah, like get it figured out and go from there. But that's what she's gonna do just to make sure. Yeah. So for everybody out there, just be careful, right? Be careful for yourself, for your family, the whole thing. Yeah, but, absolutely. So so you can enjoy these playoffs the and, way we want you. And to. honestly, dude, I don't want I don't want anyone involved in the playoffs, especially between the Dodgers and Padres, getting it. But it made me nervous watching Tatis high five fans that he didn't know where they were, and no. baseball had no idea where they where those guys were going and where those people were from. But as far as the excitement goes, it seemed like the like New Year's Eve. Man, it was such a big party. It was really cool. I I watched it with my kids. They were not born. The last time wow. this team made the playoffs. That's crazy. Uh, my best friend who passed away a couple of years ago, Cheech, his son Dakota's in New York. Oh, yeah. And his dad's a Yankee fan. He yeah. lives right outside of New York City, but he's been a Padre fan his whole life. And he's 22. And he's like, he sent me a message. He's like, hey, tell those little rat kids of yours. <laughs> I have been alive. I, I remember like those teams because yeah. I was seven or eight. And because my dad was in San Diego, that's my team. So, yeah. and a Charger fan, like he loved that team. And so, Dave, I just tell you, it was so incredible to watch it. Like that, the game was crazy and fun and exciting and everything. Yeah, to watch it with my sons was. Even better. Are they all in on Padre baseball? Like, is this their team? Can you feel it? No. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm ready to beat the living shit out of them. But they're, I think they're excited about it. Okay. But I feel like, listen, I think kids today, it's either in your blood or it's not. Yeah. And for me, we didn't play PlayStation, right? We weren't yeah. goofing around playing uh, creative construction or or creative destruction fuck i call it the wrong name every time and we weren't playing Fortnite or anything man we were out and now listen 
We can sit out at Aztec Park or in Coronado last night and throw the football for 45 minutes. They yeah. will do that till it was pitch black, and they were still running one-on-one drills against each other because one guy was ahead two to one, and the other guy wanted to catch up. But like they dig it. Yeah. But I was telling them they were they were dying laughing because I said, look, in '98, I told them two stories that they loved and I don't think their mom had heard either one of these so she was nine we're watching the end of this Padre Cardinal game and I'm really into it like the home runs somebody hits a home run late I can't even remember who hit it but uh like it extends the lead Rosenthal just comes out and is goddamn great yeah and it's like it gives me chills now I'm not crying like Mark Grant oh my gosh what's the deal with everybody crying he was crying Leitner's crying Fuck. <laughs> These videos people are making are ridiculous. Yeah. Like, God damn, it's the wild card, okay? Like, I'm excited, but, like, it's still the fucking wild card. There's still Tony Gwynn, my friend, who was a reference on my resume. Yes. When you won these series, guess what Tony did? He walked off the field. Yeah, you did. Because he said, I didn't go to spring training to say, God damn it, guys, we're winning the wild card. <laughs> he said, we're going to win the World Series. Yes. That's what you have to do. Yes. Super excited. But I, not emotional because if the Dodgers come out and do the unimaginable, and beat us three nothing. Well, what are you still crying? No, ten mud. It's a successful season, right? It is. I, honestly, I believe that. But, but, but that not the way we wanted. No, to of end. course not. So I'm watching the end of this, and I'm talking to my kids about playoffs. And I said, I've got a story for each team: the Twins and the Padres. That to me mean playoff baseball. Yep. And I said, now it'll be the third one watching this with you guys and hopefully we're watching Dodgers and and down the road. So nineteen ninety one the twins are playing game seven. It's gonna be Jack Morris against John Smoltz. Yeah. Very nervous. And uh living in Cardiff, I go to Santa Fe Liquor and I get a six pack of tall boy hams. Hams is a beer made from Minnesota. And I said, I'm sitting in my room for those kind of games, Dave, I don't want to be around people yeah, when I'm it's with you. your team. I just want to be alone. And I don't drink. I really don't. To this day, I don't drink. But, no, not at all. You aren't a big drinker at all. But I'm, uh, like I'm sitting at the edge of my bed, and yeah. I'm watching this game, and there's 16-ounce ham, tall boys. So uh, I'm chugging beer one, and we all know yeah. that game 0-0 going into the 10th. Yeah. Well, we go into the tenth inning, and I'm on tall boy number six. Now I have not, I have not gotten up to take a piss. No way. I haven't done anything oh, because no. I'm a mojo guy. You move yes. and you break the mojo. I agree. I'll never live it down. Sure enough, Twins get the hit in the tenth to win it. Gene Larkin, and I stand up. I'm so excited and I'm so fucked up. I immediately just fall back on my bed. I pass out for like five minutes. <laughs> Wake up, I don't know what's going on. They're like, you know, Jack Buck. I'm like, what's Jack Buck doing here? And I figure it out. I'm like, shit, I think I just passed out. That was my twin story that I shared that with them. That is hilarious. And I said the other one was game four in 98 yeah. against the Yankees. And I said Dave and I are sitting down the first baseline, 
and I'm realizing I'm watching exactly what I don't want to see, and I'm watching it in person. Yeah. And that is the Yankees are just steamrolling the Padres. And it's frustrating because not only is it my team, but it's the first year of the show. Yep. You and I had the extreme excitement of doing pre- and post-game talk, and I'm realizing, damn it, this is not going to be the Cinderella season. Yankees get a bunch of hits. We're on the press level, way down the right uh, right field line. And I stand up, and anybody who sat in those press seats, you understand, there's like four rows of seats, and then there's that kind of canvas that goes up about three feet, and there's seats behind you in the box. And it's kind of an auxiliary press box, but we're just sitting there. Yeah. And, man, it has really got to me. And I stand up, and I just go, fuck! <laughs> You remember that? Dude, how could I forget? I know the rest of the story. And I turn around, and I am nose-to-nose with Mayor Susan Golding, who I didn't realize was sitting behind me. And she, very cool, says, I'd say the same thing if I could. Yeah. The look on your face was embarrassment. Oh, Oh, I was terrified. I was like, oh, no. And she was very cool. To her credit, she could have been like, get out of here. Grow up. (laughs) Shut up. She didn't do anything. Yeah, she went right with you. She was very cool and said, I'd say the same if I could. And I was like, oh, no. So, like, anytime it's a woman, you don't want to be like that. But with the mayor behind you. And so I told Kate Jack and their mom that. They liked that story, too. So I said, look, these teams are either in your blood or they're not. And that team's in my blood. I, you can't force it in, but hopefully they, they pick it up. and They they might be more NBA guys right now, yeah. but uh, I know they're excited for me, and so they'll yeah, watch the course. games. Here's what made me made me laugh a little bit was they kept showing the mannequins in yeah, right center field, Diego. the Slam Diego, and yeah. the guy is facing the wrong way. You know, face, his, his back's to the game. And I'm like, dude, that's the best mannequin of all time because yeah. until this year – that's what guys were doing. They were All going the to the fucking game. They had a beer in their hand, and they're picking up chicks. Yeah. They didn't give a shit about the fucking no. game. So the fact the mannequin's back is to the field is was, to me, the typical Padre fan at Petco Park until this season. Um, they had no fear of getting hit by a home no, run ball. No, no fucking chance. Who's going to hit them? <laughs> no chance at all. Yeah. But. That, that's funny. Thinking of what you just said about 98 and, and swearing in front of the mayor, we went. We were down in the dugout for the last out for the Yankees uh-huh. in the Padre dugout, and yeah. it is really weird. This Terrible. has happened to us a few times where the team you're cheering for, not only do they lose, you're seeing another team win the championship right in front of your fucking face. Yeah. It is so depressing. Awful. You know, I mean, I saw it with the Raiders and the Buccaneers was bad. Oh, man. But the Padres and Yankees were really bad because, I mean, it seemed like we were all in. Like, there were certain people you see every day. Mm-hmm. We saw the waitresses every day, and we yeah. saw – Saw the people, the 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 bat boys, and the and the people, the team travel guys, and it just felt like it was one big collective loss Dave, that you know we're all invested. The elite security guys. Yeah. What what was the older black gentleman's name? That was oh, was Eddie. Always in the always in the elevator. That one. No, the guy who sat on the folding chair right outside of. Uh, he, God, he reminds me of Arsenio Hall in yeah. one of the scenes in Coming to America. I think his name was Eddie. Jojo would confirm okay. it for me. And, uh, but I mean, just every level. Yeah. yeah. The elevator guys, everybody. Cause you're all family. Yes, of course. I've got a picture on my phone from, I think the brave series 
where one of the camera angles showed you and I in the dugout from there. We're kind of yeah. watching everything. Tom Caitlin uh, from Fox Sports San Diego sent me a picture from the 98 celebration when they got in with the champagne. You and I are in the background, which is, boy, that's the f- really fun because it's not about us. You're just so happy exactly. for these guys that have been so nice to you. And goddamn, man, when Dave Wright, when they're losing yeah. and you got to sit there and watch it, boy, it stings. And you watch them Jeter and Brocious and everyone jump around uh, each other and you're like, fuck, this kind of sucks. I mean, yeah. it's as close as you can get to disaster. I mean, if you're at home, you're turning the TV off and you're pissed, but it's right in front of your face. There's nowhere to go. No, you're just counting down. Yeah. And they hit Trevor in that series. Yeah. They hit Kevin Brown, who was fighting the flu, and I feel like he had an ankle or something. The way game one had ended, but it just, when that, we've talked about this before, but when they came back for game three, yeah, again, down on the field and it's the World Series and you're like watching everything, man, we're young. And, uh, and I'll never forget, and I always laugh now when I see these NBA guys coming in. Cause look, man, be who you are. I, I love it. However they want to dress, the sunglasses, yep. the wild colors, headphones, I'm all for it. Because I'm like, God bless you for being there. Yeah. But that Yankee team in 98, they all came out, and they all had, like, the perfect cut suits. Yep. There was no headphones. There was no swag. And you looked at this team, you go, dude, these look like 25 CEOs they sure did. from Fortune 500 companies. None of them smiled. Yeah. They came in. There was kind of light. Hey, how are you? Very polite. Yeah. No disrespect. Polite to all the... I remember how I was watching them. Polite to all the people we talked about, the clubhouse guys that... But you watch them and you go, dude, these fuckers yeah. are yeah. not kidding around. And it was pretty intimidating and yeah. pretty amazing. It's the kind of thing that makes the the Yankees the Yankees, right? I mean, isn't that it in, in your mind though? Is that what yeah. you think about you? Know, the, the it's one of the craziest and, things I've ever seen. Yeah, the no facial hair, all business. Yeah. You, you hit it right on the head. It was like twenty five CEOs. I mean, I'm standing there going, "That's Jeter. That's Bernie Williams. That's yeah. Paul." And you start going, "Fuck, this team's gonna beat the shit out of us." It just felt different. It didn't feel like a baseball team. It felt like they're here on a business trip, well, and they aren't leaving until it's done. No, and with San Diego, too, it's not like San Diego had a bunch of slacks. No. Right? You got Ricky on that team, Caminetti on that team, Kevin, Kevin Brown, Brown intimidating Tony. Shit. Yeah. Like, there were some yeah. dudes that, that had a little dirt under their nails, but it was a different level. It was different. The Yankees that. didn't have, to me, the Kevin Brown type guy. I mean, David Wells was kind of a, a goofball, but yeah. you didn't see it. It, it. For me, I'm looking at the Jeters and the Bernie Williams. Cone. Yeah, and I'm like, they might as well just handed us their resume when they walked yeah. by because that's how it felt like. Hey, we're Tino be- Martinez yeah, was yeah. the guy, I remember. We're better than you guys. We know it. You know it, and yeah. we know it. We're better than you. Posada. Yeah. They all just, uh, I mean, look, the success that they ha- had – Coming into that, right? Everything that was new for San Diego was yeah. old for them. Yeah. And it was, wow. Like, I just remember standing there watching that going, woo, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Pretty it, impressive. Unfortunately, you're, you're right. It, it was cool. It was impressive. And, fuck, I think people that watched those Yankee runs where they had those, those years, I think it was 96, 98, 99, and 2000, that 98 yeah. team was the best one. Yeah. Oh. I mean, which, for San Diego, yeah. when you look at – Different teams, 
mean, that 84 Tiger team was It started off 35-5. and five. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I, that's insane. Now, that's the dirtiest team that I can ever remember seeing. Like, that team was just dirty. Yeah. Like, Daryl Evans and... Tom Brookins. Tom Brookins. <laughs> Herna- Willie Hernandez. Yeah. You asshole. Is Walt Terrell on that team, that overrated bastard? Uh, you know what? I got a nephew of the day. Yeah, go ahead. We haven't done this in a while. It's not really a nephew. Oh, okay. It goes to Dirty Kurt Bavakwa. Okay. Dirty Kurt sent the funniest message yesterday saying, hey, listen, if the Padres beat the Dodgers, we're not letting Palais back on the bandwagon. Is that what he said? I told him, I said, listen, Kurt, when I was 15... Kurt was legitimately my buddy Cheech and yeah. I's favorite guy because Kurt was the one guy, like, not Joe LaFay. <laughs> I fucked Joe LaFay, right? No, Rupert Jones, Gene Richards. We just had a bunch yeah. of fucking jagoffs, but they were our team. But goddamn, Bavakwa got so far under Lasorda's skin. Yeah. And I told him, I said, Kurt, my buddy Cheech and I, you were our guy. We were all in on Kurt. We didn't care that he was yeah. a pinch hitter. Just because you made Lasorda so mad, we loved you. And out of tribute to you, we're not letting him back in. And he didn't even respond. He didn't? No. Nope. Oh, my gosh. That's all right. Yeah. It is. Kurt's it is, still my guy. It is very funny. And I, I don't know what the hell Kurt thinks of, of me. There are times I think oh, he I, just hates my fucking guts. And at times I think he's okay. So. 100%. Bavak was the ultimate ball buster. And here's the the funny thing about him is I used to see him at tournaments because he had a kid that was a really good baseball yeah. player a couple years ago. But I wouldn't bother him when he's you know they're watching his kid. You know what I mean? So I, I would never go out of my way to talk to him. I just watch him be a dad. Yeah. But I tell you, you go back to '84 for the people that remember. You're right. He, in game two, they had that huge home run. I mean, really, yeah. it was a fantastic hit in front of a Kurt's sold out stadium. The reason stadium. why we're not 0 8 the World Series. Yes, you're absolutely right. And then. I, what I remember, man, as a kid, and he's not on with us right now, so I'll just say it. When his wife was in Sports Illustrated, Carrie? was that her name? Yeah, Carrie with that with that goddamn Padre jersey. Yeah, and she's wearing the heels, and you could see her legs. Gorgeous. I must have I must have stared at that picture for eighteen hours. Yeah, that's what you call it. And and, uh, and and I'm just like, holy shit, dude! Yeah. This chick is like, and I can't find that picture anywhere. I've Googled it a hundred times, going, where the fuck's that picture? Yeah, they and they and the Padres promoted the shit out of it. Yeah, it was on like the Padres when you would drive down the hill. The Padres would give you remember the Chargers like the Boy Scouts would give yeah. you that folded paper. Yeah. Padres would give you something like that, too. And Carrie was on the cover of that thing. I, like, where'd she end up? I, dude, I, I, Kurt's no, got to know. They got to yeah, have kids course. together. Of course. Oh, but, man, I, I was living in Tennessee at the time. And I was like, holy shit. It was in Sports Illustrated. Dude, I, I swear. He would be a guy that I would bring down here. Because he just, I mean, he's he's in the fight. Yeah. The World Series, the Lasorda shit is so funny. But, dude, Kurt. Kurt was the guy, Dave, that gave that team a little swagger. Yeah. Because Goose was on the back end. Nettles was on the back end. Yeah. Uh, the great champ Summers, right? Great like, champ Summers. I mean, all these guys. Garf wasn't looking to start any oh, shit. Oh, no way. Wiggins. Yeah. Right? Tempe wasn't going to start no. any shit. And then uh, McReynolds and Tony, right? None of those guys. Yeah. Mello. Yeah. Terry Kennedy. 
But Kurt, you need one guy that's going to be you know, a bit of a fucking ball buster. Which is really funny because as much as that whole Lasorda Bavacqua clip goes around, Lasorda always had that guy. He had a Mickey Hatcher or a Jay Johnstone. Yeah. Were that guy to keep the team loose. Yeah. That's what Bavacqua was. He would have been a perfect guy for what Lasorda is. They just they butted heads in that one instance. Here's, here's something funny you just said. I'm watching Stripes. When's the last time you watched Stripes? Goddamn, I almost bought it the other day because no. <laughs> that movie's so funny. Just it, bought it on Blu-ray. It was on TV the other day. And okay. it was the scene where John Candy and Bill Murray and those guys go into the strip club mud, res- wrestling? Re- mud wrestling. Yeah. And when they walk through the door... Gary Templeton poster right on the wall. Oh! <laughs> it made me laugh. I'm like, yeah. look at Gary Templeton's on the <laughs> in this fucking movie. Um, yeah, dude, it was it was crazy. Yeah, Bavak was a guy, dude. I'd love to have him here. I'd, I'd have him in a second. Because the other thing is about that team, the John Birch Society. Yeah, with all those guys like Shao. Like Shao to me is such a fascinating character that I don't feel like I know anything about. Like, was he, how was he in that room? Dick Williams, right? Because yeah. Kurt would dress up as Dick Williams and make him fucking crazy. But, like, he, Kurt to me has always been, and it's just because he's been local that yeah. I don't know how many people have ever really told his story, but we, we should. I, I would, I think it would be really cool to just, and especially down here where he's uncensored and can tell yeah. anything he wants. Yeah. But there were so many, I mean, Wiggins, right? I mean, that that MLB Network documentary about the 84 Padre team was pretty good. But I would be fascinated because he had been around enough as a veteran guy, yeah. not quite as old as Garve and Nettles and Gossage, but older than McReynolds and yeah. Wiggins and Gwynn. Um, his perspective on that team. You know, it, it, Garvey we- loved him. Yeah, it, Garvey did love him. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, there's a story where Bavakwa put a snake in one of Garvey's shoes as a joke. It wasn't funny to Garvey, but it was, Yeah, you know, because when Garvey came here, he got Tim Flannery's number, and he was the guy, and he got special treatment, you know? Yeah, and then they go into Yuma. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the yeah. whole, whole Dodger Town to Yuma. Yeah, Dodger Town to Yuma. Here, here's what's really sad i mean we people always joke around you know tongue-in-cheek but it's not funny if you're a san diego sports fan that the city's jinxed you know mm-hmm. between the chargers and the padres and the aztecs having their best basketball team ever and here we go 2020 there's no tournament just shit like that we've seen Aztec for, for football years. going to carson this year yeah right right i mean we've seen so many things it is really sad when you look at both the padres and the chargers teams that have made it to the world series or super bowl and how many deaths i mean way yeah. too many deaths for a normal team yeah a lot. I mean, when you're sitting there talking about that 84 team and you're naming Shaw and Wiggins and Gwynn, and you're like, dude, how the fuck's this happen? You yeah. Know? And then the Chargers with, with Culver oh, and Griggs. And, I mean, we, I don't even want to go through the names. Say, I, I don't want to go through all the names because yeah. you sit there and go, what the hell? And some of the deaths are so terrible. Mm. It's not your, you know, he just had a heart attack. I mean, guys, plane crashes and alligators eat him. Uh, Shit awful. like that. We go going, yeah. what the fuck? But we've experienced some horrible things in this town. That's why the next couple of days will be so fun it is i mean look a couple of quick things we get it it would be better if the games were at petco yeah and dodger stadium but they're not so fuck it play yeah. neutral field yeah i kind of like that really let's see how good you are neutral field here's the other thing that makes me goddamn insane about this town <laughs> everybody who got so upset about the chargers tweet yesterday because the Chargers said L.A. in it together, 
And they put a Lakers thing up and a Dodgers thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> what in the fuck is this? What in the fuck is this? I'm retweeting this? Are you fucking shitting me? <laughs> like, you dumb fucks. Where do they play? Like, what do you think they were going to do? They want to be with the cool kids. Why do you think they sent that out? You God damn it. <laughs> Honey, come here. God damn it. Look at this bullshit. And I'm like, can we stop for a fucking minute just being the biggest pussies on the block? Who gives a shit? Did you watch that team? They're a fucking joke. Every one of you. Like, there, every one of you listening, male or female, it doesn't matter. There was that one kid in school that you were like, it was either a guy or it was either a girl. Yeah. And they always smelled a little funny, like Ben Gay or Sweat, <laughs> or like they hadn't cleaned themselves. Yeah. They just had that smell. And you were walking, and they just found a way to be in your path. Hey. And you're like, oh, God damn it. That's <laughs> Dean and the Chargers. And all of you, you had no time for these people. In elementary school, middle school, high school, you thought you were better than them. You probably were. But fucking A, every Sunday night, this town of bitches. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at this shit. Oh, can, who can I report this to? <laughs> Nobody. God damn. Calm the fuck down. Like, you're all of a sudden your feelings are hurt. That's the best news I saw all day was that oh they were gosh. wiping their fucking stench on the Dodgers. <laughs> Go ahead, you pricks. Look, it's four years this year, okay? Four seasons in LA. Yeah. Is enough well, enough? I don't think so. I didn't need to see that shit. I mean, I think the days of the broadcasters calling them the San Diego Chargers and go, man, I messed that up again. I think it's over. Well, if anybody paid attention to what we've read in the business section the last couple of weeks, when you look at San Diego State and their ease in getting a deal for Mission Valley, which is fine, when you look at the Padres and the ease in which they acquired the land at Tailgate Park, which they're going to build up with yep. retail and business, the same way San Diego State's going to build up retail and business, Look, for all of you that got your fucking feelings hurt that the Chargers left, understand that those two entities did nothing to help the third exactly entity right. stay. I'm not saying they're right and the Chargers are wrong or vice versa. I'm just reminding all of you, when you look at the Chargers and you get your feelings upset, it's the same thing we told John Extra, that the Union Tribune had done a poll where 70% of the people said we're not going to donate any land. 70% yep. of the people said we're not going to give you any tax breaks. The same 70% said we're not going to give you any public money for the building of a stadium. And 68%, I don't know what happened to the two, why it wasn't four for four. It's undecided. Said we don't think they're going anywhere. Yep. So everybody says we're not giving you any land. We're not giving you any tax breaks. We're not giving you any money. We think you're full of shit. The only leverage you had was L.A., and you knew that if you don't take that play, the fucking Raiders are moving in there, and now you're really dead. Yeah. Because nobody down here is going to ever believe that you're going to leave San Diego for San Antonio. Yep. You don't have the finances to build your own stadium. And as we are finding out, 
The Padres and the Aztecs were working behind the scenes to get you the fuck out of here so that the Aztecs could get Mission Valley, Padres could get Tailgate Park. That's who you're talking about. So stop fucking worrying about them. Exactly None of you, right. The, the people, uh, there are plenty of you that wanted them to stay here. The problem is none of you were the guys that were the movers and shakers yes. behind closed doors because those fuckers said, we want Dean and that horseshit team out of yeah. here because it's better for us. Yeah. That's how it happened. Whether you want to believe it or not, go fucking look at it. Don't forget it was Friday, January 12th, 2017. On Monday, January 15th, 2017, the mayor had a plan for soccer. You know, over the weekend, all of a sudden, everything was all set. That was, it was the plan all along. Let's get the Chargers out. Let's start brand new. Let's put our name on soccer. And, and here's the other funny thing. And I don't have any problem with it. It's fine. I was never a Charger fan. Remember that. Outside observer just watching like the scene in Austin Powers where the steamroller is just going onto the city and you're all just standing there with your arms up and nobody gets the fuck out of the way. Only in San Diego could we have a situation where that plays out, where a team with that history in this community plays out, they kick this city in the balls, and we continue to give retired players TV opportunities, radio opportunities, commercial opportunities. The first one who said, hey, I'm staying here. Fuck them. Wait a minute. That's the only job. Shit. I'm with them. God bless that guy. I love that guy. He's always been nothing but nice to me. It's nothing personal. I just say that's the city that you live in. Yeah. That guy doesn't even live here. He fucking lives in Indianapolis, and he's killing it. He's making more money than anybody on the... And like I said... Anybody on the radio in San Diego. Right. Yeah. One of my nicest guys I've ever dealt with. I, I surely don't have an axe to grind with him. I just laugh my ass off because I go, try that shit yeah. in, uh, in fucking Cleveland. Yeah, you you think Ozzy Newsom's doing yeah. commercials in Cleveland? Yeah. You think Art Modell's fucking selling shit? Yeah. Bullshit. But in this town, we can't get enough of it. That's right. <laughs> Dude, LT behind home plate. LT's behind home yeah. plate, for fuck's sake. Yeah. You know what oh. LT says? Nobody goes from the tip of the dick to the balls quicker than the people in San Diego. That's what he's what always said. What did said. he say? That's exactly what he's always well, said. Well, I don't believe that. He's a man of faith. <laughs> like Tom Brenneman. <laughs> Fucking LT, this Padre team, Jesus Christ! Why would you put that prick back there? Dude, I've, <laughs> I have no idea why you put it back there. It's insane. This fucking and they town. kept him for two fucking days. Yeah. This fucking town. You're gonna see him in Texas too. They Fuck. probably did fly him down there. Oh my god, that's so damn funny. <laughs> I laugh, but they probably should. <laughs> and then that asshole Woods. Oh, you can't move him. Break up a winning streak. I go. You just fucking lost game one. Shithead, go help Shit. your wife move. Shithead, go help your wife move before she kills you. That'd be great. I'd just love to see her go stepbrothers and just fucking drill that kid with a golf club right in the head. Just right out in the front. Anyone knows moving's terrible, and everyone knows he's just gone through a move. And you're like, this isn't going to go well at all, because you could tell he wasn't preparing Napping. for it. Yeah. Yeah, he's good at catching up on sleep with Bo. Oh, my God. Plus, dude. she's fucking like 14 months yeah, pregnant. she is. 14 and a half months pregnant. She's just running the fucking dolly, bringing the weight set down. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, 
What do you say that she, oh, you see them fighting at, on, on Twitter? And I said, dude, I've seen this show before. And I've sent him a picture of uh, Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson from that show, Newlyweds. <laughs> Mark Anthony yeah. and J-Lo? Yeah, he's like, he just wrote back, to be honest, probably same outcome. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they went in and worked Saturday. That was cool. Oh, my God. Good it was. For, it was a for, smart good move. Good for Ben and Steve. That, was, yeah, that's well, cool. But he also got out of moving. But, yeah, it was a smart move. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> was, was outstanding. Hey, want to mention Dan Williams. Dan Williams is doing great things. Of course, What's I didn't help Dave? you out. Dan Williams is on his bike, okay? And he's okay, raising he money. Going? He's going all the way from, what part of Georgia? Is it Savannah, Georgia? Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. God. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, it's not Macon. And so... <laughs> So he's going from Atlanta to Jacksonville on a bike. Okay. There's a fucking hurricane coming, by the way. He's not worried about that shit. It's going to hit him by Saturday. Hope he makes it to Jacksonville in time as he talks his shit. Dan, though, overall, Jeff will give you the details on what he's doing. But uh, Dan, overall, the reason he's part of the show is he's doing great things for the people here in San Diego. He wants to help you get out of debt, which is fantastic. But he also helps wants to help you get in your first home. So you can call Dan Williams, 858 688-6813, 688-6813. Coming up October 8th through the 10th, uh, Dan's riding 330 miles from Atlanta to Jacksonville. We'd love you to make a donation, sandiegolending.us. There's a Donate Now button right there. Any donation is incredibly generous, and all the money goes to the Navy SEAL Foundation. That supports the Honor Foundation. It's just great what Dan's doing Look, man, I got a call the other day from a friend. They're $23,000 in credit card debt, and the account is being charged off. And if you've ever been in a financial situation, and boy, I sure hope you're not, where it's a charge off and you go, oh, okay, well, this gives me a chance to breathe. No, because the people at the bank, whether whatever that credit card is, they usually have a little bit of scruples. Now those... uh, that debt's being sold to the hardcore collection agency where they're going to call you 15 times a fucking day and not worry about the fair debt collection act. They're not going to give a shit about any of that. So don't ever let yourself get that way. If your finances are screwed up and especially look, Dan's not debt relief. Yeah. He's trying to set you up so you can buy a home. So if you have the ultimate goal of getting into your own home, that's why you want to give Dan a call. Don't let your credit cards get that far where you can't get out from under it. 858-688-6813. When you're ready to buy the home, you call Brian Curry. Brian Curry will get you into the perfect home in the neighborhood of your dreams. All you have to tell him is, where do you want to live? Even down in the street, you want to live on. If you're looking to sell your home, Brian can do that as well. Brian, again, is a negotiation specialist. He's been doing it more than 20 years in San Diego County. Better than anyone else. His number is 619 619- Two five one one five eight eight six one nine two five one one five eight eight. Man, we spent the day yesterday in Coronado. It is, I mean, that is the crown jewel, right? Yeah, it really is the crown jewel. No matter where you go on the back streets, there are just so many incredible places. And if you live down there on the island, I'm saying to my kids, I'm like, man, I'll just go pick you up on Friday and I'll drop you off. Oh, shit, I'll just get you an Uber. I'm not even leaving. <laughs> Um, that should be all of us, right? That should be the goal, to find a place like Coronado or Del Mar or, of course, Poway, if you love living in the East County. Anywhere you want to go, give Brian Curry a call. Uh, just remember a couple of things that we promote. You don't want to live in IB. While IB is nice and the people are great, 
Nobody's doing anything to clean up that fucking Tijuana River, and we're not going to put you down there. And the other place you don't want to live is City Heights, unless you like coming out every morning and they're seeing chalk outlines of your neighbor <laughs> on the street and estate sales up on the front door. So give uh, Brian Curry a call. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent. <laughs> the perfect pool for you. You're going to need it, man. It is so fucking hot. It's crazy. It's going to be hot again this week until when I go out of town. Then it's going to drop yeah. down to like the 70s. And then when I come back, it's going to go right back up again. Tailor-made pools, though, they can make your life comfortable by having that pool in your backyard. All you have to do is call Alan Taylor, 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. I know why this story popped in my head. But we had a pool in our complex where I lived when I was a kid. The kid who I was probably 12, this kid was like 15. And everybody had that one kid I was talking about earlier, kind of like the Chargers. Remember how you had that one kid that was just, Dave, remember we worked with a guy that knew a little bit too much information about certain clubs in San Diego. And you're like, that's just a little weird. We had a guy who lived in my complex in Minnesota. I don't know. This should help sell some pools. I, I don't know. Just make sure you don't have this kid that lives anywhere nearby. A bunch of us came out, and when you live in this summer, it gets hot, humid, yeah. Minneapolis. We're all out at the pool, and this kid, kind of like the towel guy, kind of let it slip that he'd put his crank in one of the, <laughs> the jets of the pool. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? We're swimming here. So talk to Dan and make sure that we can have preventative measures so that doesn't happen. I don't know. Like, I've not thought about that kid in goddamn 90 years, but I can remember how 15 people, it was like pile yeah. in full metal jacket where we all just went and got pillowcases with soap and beat the <laughs> shit out of that guy for ruining our pool experience that summer. None of that's going to happen. My God, I couldn't be more excited tonight, Dave. <laughs> It is so good because with the Padres going to the playoffs, everybody's flashing back to 1998. For the first five people that call tonight, we have for you, it was going to be the Jane Mitchell special, but fuck it. Dave's up the ante. First five people that call cash only sale, you call, you're getting that Kerry Bavacqua pool. God damn, it's unbelievable. I'm in. On approved credit. Although it should be a cash-only sale. Call Alan. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you and said, I want that pool where no little weirdo can put his crank in it. We want to carry Bavaco pool. I don't know why that. We, God, we want to ruin that kid. You ever have a kid who just says something and just everybody in the neighborhood wants to beat him up? Dude, I had, okay, here, here's what went through my mind the other day. and this, this is very strange. I started thinking about the Lakers in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm sharing this story with you. I've never told this story to anyone. <laughs> but it just, it just I started thinking about it, and I was like, there's one other guy that could justify this story, but I'm embarrassed to call him about it, but I'm going to go around there with you right now because I'm not proud of it. I think I'm more embarrassed by this than I am punching the kid in the legs that was paralyzed. Greg. Greg. We, uh, I was thinking, all right, the first time that I – fell in love with the Lakers. I was like an eight-year-old kid and I'm visiting my grandmother in Los Angeles and my buddy across the street who who we're still friends to this day. We're playing basketball and this kid shows up who's a newspaper guy and he puts his bike down and he starts shooting hoops with us and he's wearing a t-shirt. Yellow shirt, still remember the Laker logo on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Lakers, what is that? He goes, it's the basketball team in town. And I didn't know shit about the Lakers. I know shit about the NBA. And I'm like, yeah, that that's cool. So we shot baskets, and and my friend Danny goes, hey, this is Lardo over here. 
and I was like, okay, like I didn't know what I didn't know Spanish for shit. Yeah, you know, it's calling fat ass basically. Okay, and then I'm started thinking about it driving around the other day, and I'm like, that was a complete slur. That's a complete racial slur on this yeah. kid delivering newspapers. I had no idea until here I am, forty years later, and I'm like, damn, that goes part of a hate crime. I felt I, terrible about that. Well, I'll tell you what, Tommy, my friend at first base, yeah. would not be happy. No, to hear. He, would, he would not. I'm like, hey, Lardo. I'm like, this kid, I don't think he even lived in the neighborhood. He just delivered newspapers for extra And he just dough. wanted to shoot hoop. He probably cried the whole way. Probably. Biking he, home. Yeah, he knew. We called him fat ass. God damn it. <laughs> That's how I felt in the truck. I was like, I'm, like, I'm just going to pull over now. I'm ashamed. Jesus, that's well, I'm embarrassing. Ashamed too. That's horrible. That's I'm sorry. That, that's my first uh, first experience with Laker basketball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <laughs> it's terrible. It, it's horrible. All right, the perfect website for you is just around the corner. Kyle Fluger can do it for you now that his Cubs are out of the postseason. He has yep, plenty of time. He should. Plenty of time to get your shit together. He did a, a website for me recently. He did JP25.media. You know who I talked to today? Who's that? Because I told him we wanted him here. I was waiting to get him here in, in here, but because of COVID, he wouldn't come into uh, to the studio. Carlo Chiquetto. Oh, no kidding. And he Love told him. me to tell you, tell Jeff I said hello. Oh. Obviously a huge great fan dude. of yours. He's a great dude. And the reason I talked to Carlo is because I had to ask him, am I crazy? Are you a Padre fan and a Dodger fan? Which he gives is. me shit. 100% he is. He, he explained exactly what I said. We both make our home here. We love San Diego. We were raised as Dodger fans. He's he goes, an SC guy. SC Laker guy, guy. Huge Rams fan. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But he said, or I think Rams are his number one team. But he said, uh, overall, he goes, dude, I'm 100% rooting for these Padres. He goes, I'm not just saying it to you. He said it before yeah. I started recording him. But he was, we talked for like 15 minutes. And nice. it was just about the experience of LA, San Diego. There's no rivalry from LA's side to San Diego. Maybe now after this yeah. series. Coolest shit. Told me, tell Jeff uh, hello, and and he, he's when this COVID thing is over, oh, we're gonna bring him in here. We're gonna pick yeah. his brain because I know we got a shitload of presidential stuff we love to ask him about. He's great, and the news and, and everything that goes into it. But really good dude. He and uh, Steve Price, diehard USC guys. Absolutely. God dang, there are tons Another of USC people, dude. right? Yeah. Six one nine five hundred six six two one. That is Kyle Fluger's number, not Carlo Chiquetto's number. <laughs> Kyle Fluger, again, for your website, 619-500-6621. I had the most incredibly frustrating situation yeah. with a guy the other day where I literally couldn't believe how fucking dumb this was. <laughs> and I go, this is exactly why, if you're doing anything like this guy is doing, yeah, you're doing it all wrong. There is a guy who has written a book about the history of pro wrestling in Southern California. And it's mostly the focus on the Olympic Auditorium, which I love. Yeah. I love old school Olympic for boxing, wrestling. I was never a roller derby guy. But all John Tolos, Freddie Blassie, Roddy yeah. Piper, all the people that have come through there, Dick Lane, Jimmy Lennon Sr., I just love all that stuff. Having been in that building, it gives me the chills. And I found out this guy's writing a book, and it's like – it's like an eight by 10, couple hundred pages. So this guy puts a thing out on social media. He says, look, here's how you get the book. Uh, it's coming out. Pre-order yeah. it. Well, it's like 40 bucks. It's pretty goddamn expensive. Yeah. And uh, first off, the only thing that this guy does is he only takes PayPal. So you can't Venmo him. He doesn't have, right? You can't send him your debit card, credit card, only PayPal. Strike one. 
Then he has an email, and when you look at his Facebook, yeah, he's got a PayPal account which goes to an email, and so I send the guy forty bucks to a PayPal address which comes up as him and his business, yeah, and he emails me back and says, "No, that's the wrong PayPal address." I told everybody to email me and get the right PayPal address. I'm like, do you have access to the money? And next thing you know, the guy refunded me the money. And I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm giving this guy a dime. Now, look, the book will probably do fine because there's a bunch of weirdos. But I'm like, (laughs) this is the stupidest fucking business plan I've ever heard. And if you have anything where your business isn't yesterday, I don't talk a lot about this. But I'm going to tonight. I grew up in Cardiff in the mid-80s. Anybody who knows Cardiff knows San Diego, working at Santa Fe Liquor. I have been told over and over again that there is one book that any of us could have written, and it's The Heroin Diaries <laughs> by Nikki Six. What's the problem, Dave? I'm opening my soul. <laughs> all you got to do you change out sunset strip for santa fe drive you change out the whiskey a go-go for santa fe liquor <laughs> you change out tommy lee and mick mars yeah and vince neal for me boomy cheech and tim griffin <laughs> it's the same fucking world <laughs> so i have been reluctant to get the heroin diaries because i basically living in cardiff like i said in the yeah. mid to late 80s that's our life we live that life, edgy, right? You're yes. never quite sure where your next fucking uh, Zima's coming from. <laughs> so yesterday, I'm fucking around, and uh, Heroin Diaries, I'm like, you know what? I got to cave in. I fucking ordered this shit 3 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday, and it's on my front door at 5 o'clock today. That's what people are used to. So if you are now, California is still in a shutdown mode. I don't think any of us are getting back because this fucking Gavin Newsom, this shithead. Like, I, I got problems on both sides of the aisle. We got some dumb fucks all across. I don't know if we're ever getting back to work. So if you are money-driven yeah. and people are buying your product from the website... Boy, you better look at that and say, is it a two-step, three-step process? Is it as simple as it can be? Am I refunding people money because they sent money to me, but I didn't want to keep it? Uh, Any of that shit won't last today. Call Flugs and get it squared away. Absolutely. All right, here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? This is a good day, all right, as far as celebrities go. October 5th. Yep. We're going to start off with Ray Kroc. Oh, shit. And this is how much he was worth at the time of his death, by the Did way. Did you watch that movie with I Michael Croc? Uh, no, Michael, M- Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton? Yes. Pretty wild, huh? It was very good. It was very good. Ray Croc. All right, let me do the math. 84, that's 16, 36 years ago. I'm going to say he's 117. 118. Wow. How about that shit? Yeah. Uh, After watching that movie, The Founder. Yeah. What do you think of Ray Croc? You think uh, asshole? Well, people can say that if it's not for him. They're a fucking small little burger thing. Like, he had the vision. The two brothers didn't want to follow it. Now, when he opens up the one right across yeah. the street, pretty ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> pretty fucking ruthless. <laughs> kind of falls in the asshole category. Yeah. Um, but he was great here. Save baseball. Uh, how much? 
200 million? 600 million. Wow. Okay. Bernie Mac. Oh, dude. Dude. Ah, oh, fucking love Bernie Mac. Yeah. God damn it. Um, 57. He would have been 63. Shit. Died in 2008. Really? Yeah. God damn. Uh, 12 million. 15 million. Okay. Kate Winslet from Titanic. Kate Winslet. That's an interesting one. 48. 45. All right. Um, I don't know that she's done a lot. I'll go... I think she probably made some dough after Titanic, though. Let's go... Uh, let's go $24 million. $65 million. No kidding. How about that shit? Yeah. All right. All right. Travis Kelsey. Oh. Uh... See that picture Josh put out today? No, of those two? Of Travis Kelsey and Josh. Hanging out? Yeah, and Travis Kelsey. Literally in the picture, he's saying, dude, I don't want to be in your picture. Has his hands up. <laughs> he's at he's at Coachella, and he's like, dude, I'm fucked up. Don't take a picture. And if I could, the picture's there. Josh wishes him happy birthday right at him every year with that fucking picture. It cracks me up every time. The t- <laughs> <laughs> he told him to ball out. Happy birthday, Travis. Ball out. 28. He's 31. Uh... I'm gonna say he's forty million. Twenty million dollars is what it says. He yeah. will have he will have that money. Yeah. All right, here we go. The the last two right up your alley. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson from ACDC? Yeah. Not the former Padre catcher? No. <laughs> no, not this time. Uh goddamn. Brian Johnson. This is gonna hurt. I'm gonna say he's sixty seven. He is uh seventy three. Oh, dude. Yeah. Now, I heard they're going back out on tour, and he's Fine. coming back. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, he's got to be worth $60 million. $90 million. Good for him. Yeah, right? Goddamn, that fucking Jim Brewer impression. Yeah. Jim Brewer, to me, is like one of those dudes that lays me out. That is, that is funny as shit. Okay. I, yeah, I've never seen ACDC. I, I would love to go. Yeah. All right, Mario Lemieux, last one. Mario Lemieux. Oh, dude. Uh uh, fuck. Say he's 59. 55, dude. Which that's is, it? Which that's, dude, okay, usually when you do an age to I, it's depressing. Yeah. But 55's depressing because we're like, what? what? <laughs> right? You're uh, like, what have I done with my fucking life? The greatest, man. You're uh, like, this guy's not, you know, he's, he, he was a guy that's not far from our age. And we're like, wait a yeah. second, right? I mean, you can see 55 from where we're at. Yeah. It's it, you know you're like I, dude that doesn't seem far away. He feels like he should be older than that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you want me to tell him. Uh I'm going to say dude he owns the fucking penguins. Okay, that's what's interesting. That's what I'm going to ask you about this money cuz the money doesn't seem to line up to me. But go ahead. He's got to be 600 million. That's right. It says 150 million dollars. I don't know how that's broken up, but that's what it says. This is uh, 150. One of my favorite things has been over the last couple of years is getting to travel, go up to Toronto, and get a chance to to visit with NHL legends. And one of my favorites was Paul Coffey. Paul Coffey is maybe top five of my all-time favorite players. And we were at a dinner, and he was telling stories. And he told this story that he'd been on ESPN Radio, and they said, hey, compare what it was like to play with Gretzky and playing with Lemieux because yeah. he won cups with both guys. The Paul said, well, I started off by saying with Gretzky, because teams were so scared of him, everybody just surrounded him, and he would make passes, and uh, you'd have an open lane on the goalie. You could score all day. He said the difference was with Lemieux because Lemieux's such a big guy. 
that even if they put everybody on him, Mario would just steamroll players and make all the players. Yeah. And he had a way of describing him like Wayne may have had the most talent, but Mario was the most talented player he ever played. Right. Yeah. I mean, very complimentary. And Paul said he got off ESPN radio and his phone rings and it's Gretzky who only heard the Lemieux part. Oh, Didn't hear anything about him. What the blink is that? What is this? He goes, God dang, he just started to light me up. That's awesome. But he said the other Gretzky story, which we may have told down the air, but this is so funny, is that the Hockey Hall of Fame downstairs, they have like uh, like where you can shoot. Yeah. So Wayne's son wanted to go. They were in Toronto, and he wanted to go to the Hall of Fame. So Wayne's like, oh, God, right? So he puts a hat and glasses on. And they go, and they're checking everything out. They go downstairs, and his son uh, is shooting, right? And he's like, Dad, come on, try it out. Dad, come on. And Wayne's like, ah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Like, Dad, come on. So, you know, when your yeah. kids are calling you out, what are you going to do? Yeah, of course. So Wayne in the ball cap and glasses goes out there, and he's just kind of wrist shot the whole thing. The poor kid working at the Hockey Hall of Fame is like, hey, you know, if you adjust your hands a little bit, you may have more success. And Gretzky immediately takes his hat off and goes, hey, listen, when you have 900 pucks upstairs like I do, you can go ahead and coach me. <laughs> uh, I just got to mention really quick, Dave, that. you mentioned. Uh, we still got I, random questions, but go ahead. Oh, uh, well, and one quick thing, too, regarding yeah. Mario Lemieux, and then we'll get into random questions. Uh, tomorrow is a very exciting day. The NHL draft is really, really cool because you're starting to see an influx of young talent in this game that in my entire life watching it, I don't remember when there's so many young players spread out in Canada and in the States like we have. You start in Edmonton where you have players like Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid is absolutely unbelievable. In Toronto, you've got great young players like uh, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Uh, the East Coast is pretty exciting. Capococos with the Rangers. Jack Hughes is with the Devils. And it continues tomorrow. Alexi Lafreniere is going to be an incredibly exciting player who also, by the way, is an incredibly cool guy. He's just good people, like good character guy. And Alexi Lafreniere tomorrow is going to be the number one pick in the draft, and he will go to the New York Rangers, yeah. assuming the Rangers don't make a crazy trade. What's going to happen then is really fun because the L.A. Kings have pick number two. And if people haven't been paying attention, man, the Kings have just been putting together a stockpile of young talent that is coming up. A lot of the older players are kind of coming off the books now, and the Kings are really loaded. But they have the opportunity to draft a kid tomorrow named Quentin Byfield, who is 18 years old, six foot five and is very reminiscent physically of Mario Lemieux. You would never put that kind of pressure on an 18-year-old kid, but he could be incredibly special. So I know everybody's going to be watching baseball. The Ducks have two picks tomorrow in the first round. I think their first pick is around six, and this NHL draft is loaded. The Ducks have a bunch of young players, but if you're a Kings fan... There's another guy named Tim Stuzel who's supposed to be a very good player. He could go number three to Ottawa. There's been rumors that he could go number two to the Kings. I have pretty good people that I trust a lot who tell me Quentin Byfield will be the pick at number two. 
They also have Alex Turcotte, Gabe Velarde, like a lot of really young, exciting players coming up through the pipeline, very similar to what the Padres have been going through. So if you're a hockey fan tomorrow, NBC Sports Network, think it gets going at 4 o'clock. It'll move quick because it's virtual like the NFL draft. But Alexi Lafreniere going to the Rangers with Capo Caco, Jack Hughes there with the Devils, and then at pick number two, uh, L.A. should take Quentin Byfield, and now all of a sudden you're going to have exciting players on the East Coast, West Coast, great young players up in Canada. Like, even if you're a casual hockey fan, these guys are all just the epitome of class. Really fun time for the NHL. I just You'll be in and out in half hour, but check it out and just do me a favor. Hope that Quentin Byfield's what the pick the in number two. I think about 4 o'clock on NBC Sports Network, but... Uh, Lafayette is going to be a name you hear a lot over the next few years. Pretty exciting, and he uh, he should be picked tomorrow. Oh, don't forget, Upper Deck is your home for all. Alexi Lafayette <laughs> memorabilia. We're incredibly excited. The reason I ask you the time, you have 6 o'clock, you have Dodgers, Padres, you oh, have yeah. Lakers heat. No, we'll be done by that. Okay. I think it gets going at 4, and like I said, it's all virtual. So it's too bad because Alexi's from Montreal. The draft was scheduled to be in Montreal this year. So can you imagine a hometown kid going number one? To the hated Rangers, oh my gosh, the energy at at the uh, Bell Center would have been unbelievable. But it doesn't diminish what should be a really fun day for the league tomorrow if you get a chance, NBC Sports Network. All right, here we go, five random questions. Out of these guys, which one disappoints you most that they broke down crying? Mark Grant, Ted Leitner, Kevin Acey. (laughs) Oh boy, I tell you, Ace takes so much shit in this town. I dig AC, man. I love the newsletter. I, I told you I started subscribing again to the paper yeah. uh, a couple of months ago. Fuck, I've loved it. Like, it's been so fun. Casey, Alfred, and Jay, and Bryce, and, and Kevin, Jeff Sanders. Fuck, they have done a great job. The photos. I mean, Nick steals my fucking Mayberry by the Sea line in every Sunday column, but fuck it. Well, he hasn't written anything original in 25 years anyways, other than today. When he bitched about Joe Davis broadcasting, he said, this is almost as bad as if they let Dave Palais do play-by-play. Um, he didn't write that. Yes, he did. He wrote it on Twitter today. Oh, my God. What the fuck? I'm getting hammered all over the place. By the Godfather. Jesus. Um, Mud doesn't surprise me that he would cry. Ted crying is a bit of a joke. He needs to get it together. I started watching Cobra Kai last night. and You're then I going to see it, yeah. I, it kind of just, I, I don't know. I couldn't get into it. Yeah. But Ted kind of reminds me a little bit of the sensei. And I don't think Marty Cope would ever cry. Ted's got to be better. Oh, my God. AC, when he said, uh, Lamette couldn't go, and I just started crying. I'm he like, did? what? Come on. He's a fucking I, beat writer. You live in Fallbrook, for Christ's sake. You got a nine-hour drive yeah, well, home to get your shit together. Yeah, cry on the 15. You know why he's crying, dude? I'll tell you exactly huh. why Kevin's crying. Because he's a grandfather now. And Is you that know, right? Yeah, he's a grandfather. Wow. And dude, when you become a parent or everything else, I give yeah. Kevin, I give Kevin, Ted's a grandfather though too. Maybe Mark is the biggest disappointment. <laughs> we all know when you become a dad, we yes. talked about this. And now yeah, Kevin's a grandfather. Changes. Shit changes, man. Everything hits you. All right. So here we go. Question number two. As good as the Padres are playing right now, uh-huh. does it disappoint you that these guys aren't homegrown? Meaning the Padres aren't developing these God, guys. God, no. It doesn't bother me at all. It should. Hey, fuck you. I'm so tired of your bullshit already. Right. Didn't I already tell you fuck you at the start of this show? <laughs> I think a lot of people have told me fuck you today. <laughs> if one more person tells me to eat shit and sends me a goddamn clip of a U-Haul van moving. I like that, too. These assholes. We, hey, Bubba, one time they put a moving, 
Nobody even knew where Lee lived. <laughs> yeah, but we all believed. Right. Remember when Lee said he put a for sale sign? Who has access to a for sale sign and yeah. knows where that dipshit is? Yeah, that is funny. But though. that was a funny bit. Lee, Lee milked it. A lot of people bought it. That, they they sure uh, did. No, because if somebody else, like the Indians, are going to give you Mike Clevenger for Austin Hedges, go yeah. get it. All right. How'd here- you get Mookie Betts, big shot? That's fine. No team in baseball has more homegrown guys than the Dodgers. Well, good. Let's see how far it gets okay. them. Okay, I'm just saying. Okay. There's a major problem in that development. No, there's not. It sure is. God damn. Look how much better this team. <laughs> hey, Dave, did you not see how great Austin Nola is? I watch him every time. I can't believe how good he is. I'm up here choking little sut. That fucking, <laughs> fucking asshole. Is that what he calls it, little sut? I don't know. But Dave, I, I, partner, I'm watching Austin Nola, and I'm just making every guy in San Diego want to run me over with their van right now. Goddamn, I hope Chris Ello isn't hearing me. I've heard what he does when he gets mad down here at Petco Park. <laughs> That's Fuck. True. That's true. All right, this year's World Series is at a neutral site. Mm-hmm. Do you like the idea of baseball doing this in the future? No, not at all in the future. It's all about the crowd and... I hope it's great. I really do. I hope it's great. But if it ends up being the Braves and the A's, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, I tell you what, there's a big, no joke. In my mind, like Dodgers, Padres would have been really cool. Yeah. But I'm thinking there have been some serious fucking fights. Oh, dude. A's, right? A's Astros? Yeah. I mean, no, I'm talking with the fans. No, I got it. Yeah. But I'm saying A's Astros. Yeah. But right you now. aren't driving from to Houston to Oakland. I mean, you drive no, up and down the five and beat the fuck out of each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would have been pretty pretty wild. Pretty Braves wild, Marlins right? would have been crazy. Yeah, it would have been a wild scene. Would have been crazy. All right, here we go. Which city has a better chance to win at least two championships this year? Mm. Los Angeles or Tampa? Oh, wow. Uh, Tampa I'll, already has one. They got one locked yeah, up. Yeah, thanks. I just wanted for the people at home who don't watch the Stanley Cup, Tampa won. Partner, I was watching. That Stamkos, <laughs> he's such shit. a good player. I remember one night I was out with Eddie Vedder and Mark Grace. We were out, and they said, man, that Stamkos can really skate. It's about the fucking Dude, inside. That is exactly how he goes. Always Mark Grace drops in there, too. Uh, Mark Grace, man, wasn't hitting for about 33 days, and then he fucked the ugliest chick you've ever seen, and <laughs> he's been incredible. He's been great. Uh, Tommy, um, I'm gonna say LA, Dave. I'm gonna really? I'm gonna say LA. I just I don't think the Rays. I don't think the Rays get by the Yankees, and like I said, the Pods are playing with home, you know, house yeah. money. What about the Buccaneers? No, fuck. That team was so bad yesterday, and it's just the Chargers. So bad. Like, Brady looks old. And then all of a sudden, the, the Chargers just went back Find to being them. Shit the bed. You going to fucking take anything back on Justin Herbert? Well, okay. I'll say this about Justin Herbert. Two things. One is yesterday he threw for more than one touchdown pass in a game. He never did that in college. Dude, how about that fucking Two. pass he makes, that 60-yard fucking okay. in the air that Daniel Two. Jeremiah put out today? That's that what I'm going to say. Good. Two is he's really good. Okay, he's, he's yeah. a really good player. Here's where the Chargers have a, ma- a major fucking problem. Watch, you're going to see this story, I think, in a few weeks. Tell me if I'm wrong. They haven't said that Tyrod Taylor is not playing when he comes back. Yeah, because okay. he doesn't want you to lose a job to injury. No, he doesn't. There's a major fucking lawsuit coming. 
Oh, yeah. If Tyrod Taylor doesn't fucking get his job back and doesn't get a chance to prove that he's capable of making Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson money or whatever he thinks, he's going to sue the shit out of the Chargers, their doctors, the NFL, for you're talking possibly $200 million to go, this fucking doctor ruined my chance of being a successful NFL quarterback and the going rate for a successful NFL quarterback is 40 to $45 million a year and I lost my job to Herbert, who we all know is better than Taylor, realistically but he's going to sit there i would as his attorneys and go and your team doctor fucking sabotaged a chance for my guy to have a successful career and we're fucking suing the pants off you that's why they got to give him a chance to play even though it's ridiculous to give him a chance to play he sucked against the Bengals. yeah how about that like how about when you go in for the doctor and they fucking puncture your lung yeah partner that reminds me <laughs> one time i had a conversation with joe girardi we were talking and he brought up a chance that he had a night to hang out with the great Stephen Stills. And they were out, and Stephen Stills slipped down the steps at the Troubadour, twisted an ankle, and he could own that club, just like Tyrod Taylor could own the Chargers. You hear me, Tommy? Goddamn Yadier and Molina. Fucking asshole. Partner. Partner? How many times did I say Mark Hartman came into our clubhouse. <laughs> Came into our clubhouse with the great Pam Dauber right outside the door, and I gave him a beer. And he said, this beer is delicious. And I dropped my towel and said, what do you think I steered it with? Oh, no. And that's what I did, partner. It was hilarious. That's a true fucking story, by the way. He's told that story. Oh, boy. That's creepy. That's a little set was involved. Oh. That's why I brought it up. All right, here we go. I threw this out there yesterday, but I wanted to ask you. Last question of the night. Mm -hmm. As a Padre fan, what would you rather have? The Padres win the World Series this year, or the person you're voting for president to win? Uh, I got my ballot today, which is great. I'm very excited. I should have brought it in here and done it. Um, Dave and I had talked about actually setting up a spot for people that were nervous about dropping off your ballots, and then we thought, that's the last fucking thing we're going to do. Exactly (laughs) right. That's the last fucking thing. For a minute. Yeah, remember? We were like, Dave, we could do this. It would be so great for the community. And then we're like, bullshit. Yeah, no way. I don't know where I dropped this thing off. I may just bring it down to the Bambi Club and TJ. <laughs> and, uh, it's not that. If their guy doesn't win, they're going to blame you for fucking throwing away every ballot you didn't agree with. Um, Listen, man, I dig politics. Pods are in my blood. There you go. Uh, I'll, I can put up with four more years of, of Alec Baldwin getting everybody <laughs> fucking crazy. What did JoJo say? Because I don't get a ring if the guy wins presidency. I'd get a ring if yeah. uh, the Padres win. Uh, goddamn, for sure. Uh, today's October 5th. I yes. should not be here tonight because I should be in Los Angeles celebrating the 35th birthday of our friend Erica Lee. Our friend Erica Lee, I've said this a lot, and you, you meet people that come into your life where I was in 2018 when I had moved out of my house, President's Day weekend, fuck, I was a ship lost at sea. And in June of that year, she came into my life. My dad, as I have said, uh, called me and said, hey, I've got somebody you need to meet. And I said, okay. And it's the only time that I can remember where my dad ever got mad at me because two days later, I still hadn't called her. And she called and she said, hey, I'm looking to do this sports media thing. Do you have a chance to get together? I said, yeah. So two days later, I'm in Carlsbad at a restaurant, and a black Porsche pulls up, and this beautiful Chinese woman steps out, hair, nails, makeup, perfect, dressed, the whole thing. And I was like, oh, boy, what are we getting into? 
maybe the coolest and the funniest person that I've ever met in my life. And at a time where I was really, really fucked up emotionally, as we've talked about on this show, uh, she came in and in a lot of ways, Dave, with the help that you had, Stevie Woods had, my sons, Jack and Cade, I would say respectfully that the individual who put me back together was Erica Lee. Because what she did was she made me believe in myself again. We were looking at ways to grow this particular podcast and a bunch of others. And she would put together a business plan. And it was always Erica one and then me two. And then we had people from the Yes Network and Disney and ESPN. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, am I here to get sandwiches? And she always was like, don't talk like that. Um I was like, what is the, why they got to be looking and going like the guy from the yes network had to be like, who the fuck is this guy? And she was like, that's the guy. Don't fucking, yeah, don't worry about it. That's our guy. And anybody that when you are just fucked up as I was, she played such a part in getting me back together. We developed a very close friendship to the point that we were talking four or five times a day. A lot of you, August of that year, we have our, uh, charity function. She comes down to the East Lake Country Club, and she is spending money like a drunken sailor. To the point where I had to tell her, "Calm the fuck down." And she said to me, "The guys from the Alpha Project are over there, and we're raising money for them." And I go, "You calm down. I want everybody here to win. You've spent about three grand. We're good." Uh, she got a huge laugh out of it. A lot of you had the opportunity to meet her that night and fell in love with her. Katie Temple has said to me, it's the fastest mind I've ever met. Yeah, I agree. She loved Dave. She loved Rita. She loved the Palais Boys. That night, it's the funniest thing. We, we close up the event. There's a hotel right down the street from where Dave and I are tonight. I got a room for Lisa Ann. I got a room for myself. And then I was going to get Erica. And she's like, no, I got it. Me, Dave, Josh, Lisa, Ann, and Erica go back to this hotel at the end of what has been an exhausting couple of months for me. And we had a bottle of Jack Daniels that the great Jimmy Bedford had given us in 2007. Jimmy had been the seventh distiller in the history of Jack Daniels, and he gave us a bottle of his private reserve, which we cracked open that night. We'd sat on it for 11 years. I run down to the lobby of this hotel. I grab a couple of bottles of Pepsi. I come up. I make a drink for Josh, for Dave, for Lisa, for myself. And I'm going for Erica. And Erica says, uh, just give me the bottle. <laughs> and Dave and <laughs> I are sitting there. We've made this Jack Daniels and Coke. And Erica pours about four fingers for herself and is sitting there from a Chinese traditional family talking sports and business with Lisa Ann, who she would never know, and they hit it off amazingly while she's just drinking Jack Daniels straight. Um, The year goes on, and we're signing leases at the Wilshire Grand Hotel. We're going to take the 24th, 25th, and 26th floor, and this podcast was probably going to move. We were going to move because they had a speakeasy that they were putting in, a theater, all these different things. What we found out in December of that year was that Erica's fiance was running a Ponzi scheme and had ripped people off for millions of dollars. What I was up there over Christmas weekend, I thought she was in Chicago. What had actually happened was the FBI had kicked the door in, arrested the fiance, and started telling her that she was going to prison and that she was done. And that conversation continued 
throughout the month of January. I was up there on January 25th. She and I go to 7th and Fig and have lunch. And this beautiful, vibrant friend who put me back together was as hollow as anybody I've ever seen. Because in my opinion, the FBI ruined that girl. I don't know what she did or didn't know. I just know her well enough that I don't believe in my soul that she would steal money from anybody. Whether she knew it and thought she had to go along with it is up for debate. It doesn't matter. But what I said to her that day at 7th and Fig was, I said, whatever you do, don't fucking quit on me. Because I told her, you put me back together. Don't fucking quit on me. You're going to be a great comeback story. She looked at me. She said, I'm not going to quit on you. In March, we literally talked four times a day. In March, things had started. I was noticing that she was kind of going in the wrong direction. But I didn't know her family. I didn't know her friends. We had only been friends for a short period of time. But I think Dave would believe that I would say at that time in my life, she was probably one of my best friends, along with Dave and my sons, Jack and Kate, Stevie Woods, Mike Costa. But Erica was right in that mix incredibly quick. I will never forget a night in March that I called her And it was the first time in our friendship in those nine months that I went to voicemail. And when it went to voicemail, I was incredibly scared because it had never happened. And I left her about a 90-second message where at the end I told her I loved her. The next day I got a text message from her that said, I got your message, I love you too. That was at about 10 o'clock. At 7 o'clock that night, Erica took her life by jumping off the bridge Uh, on the 101 freeway in downtown Los Angeles and Main Street. I will tell you to this day, I have not recovered from that. Of course. Suicide. Jake's death is devastating to me because I know the path that he was taking, but I also know in my heart that Jake didn't intend to take his life on October 30th. My, My buddy Cheech, where I'm impacted by it, it was cancer, and so many of us have been touched by cancer. But when somebody that meant so much to me that decided to take her own life in the horrific fashion that she did, that's hard for me because when somebody puts you back together, you want to return that favor. And when you can't do it, and I don't blame myself, but it's very hard to come to grips with the fact that she chose to do that. I spent Saturday at her grave at Forest Lawn. I went by and visited uh, Paul Walker. He sends his best. Oh, there you go. I saw the great Dr. Jerry Buss. And then uh, I spent time with Erica for about an hour. And as I was sitting there, a friend of mine who means a great deal of me texted me, and I said, hey, I'm just here. And it was great. What she said to me in a text message was, take me through the night. What would you do if you were there tonight and you had the chance to spend the birthday with her? And I go, God damn, that was really fun. And Dave, you'll get this. I said, look, she, you knew her. She was very low-key. She was very mellow. So she wouldn't need the mariachi. She wouldn't no. need the, the helicopter ride. I said, you know what she would like? She would like dinner at Dantana's because she lived in L.A. Dantana's, for anybody who's ever been there, is old school, Italian, a lot of Hollywood kind of mellow people around. Maybe the night at Griffith Park, down to the Roosevelt for the piano bar. And then I said, just to fuck everything up, take her into Chinatown for karaoke at night. Even though I've never done it in my life, I don't think she has either. And this friend of mine in Toronto said, tell me something I don't know. And I said, the most chilling thing I ever heard was relayed to me by her cousin who said that Erica said on the last day of her life, I can tell you a thousand people right now that love me. The problem is I'm not one of them. 
And I just, when I started to type that, it literally choked me up. I started crying at Forest Lawn. Because when you have somebody like that in your life that is so broken and you can't bring them back, and you're sitting there going, fuck, you're 35, we could have fixed this, and we can't, and instead of celebrating at Dantana's or Griffith Park or a karaoke bar, you're sitting on a hillside in Forest Lawn, it's fucked. And it's devastating. It's why we say all the time, check in on your friends. I did check in on her. It didn't change anything. But you don't know that the people you check on might not be different than Erica. So that's why I preach it every day. Remind the people that matter that they're loved. Because I was lucky enough to tell her in a text message that I loved her on a voicemail, excuse me, and she wrote it back. Yeah. So I'm at peace with knowing that she and I were at peace together. But goddamn, as I sit here tonight and flash back and think about what she meant to me, what she meant to this show, what she meant to my kids, it's devastating to think she's not here. I love her more than she would ever know. And this show, uh, just for the rest of this show, will always be for her. Yeah, it's, um, you know, as I said, she, her mind, I'm with Katie. She was the smartest person I think I've ever come across. Her brain worked so fast, and she was so nice and so pretty. She was a complete package. I will, uh, I'll say this. I, I 100% don't believe she knew anything that was going on. Right. And, um, you know, just to make that clear, she didn't have, she wasn't that kind of person. I think she was completely taken advantage in, in a bad situation, and she's not the kind of person that would lead you on, would lead me on, lead my family on. I trusted her 100%. So, I just think someone got her into a situation that she didn't see it out, and unfortunately, that's the way it turned. I 100% blame the guy that oh, yeah. that she was associated with and not her for putting her in a situation that she felt she couldn't bounce back from. But um, I mean, we talked about some major people that were going to be involved in not only you know this show. And when I say major people, I mean, think about the biggest stars in the world. Yeah. And we, she was saying, who do you want involved? And I was throwing crazy names out. Yeah. When I say crazy names, I'm talking, you think about the biggest NBA stars in oh, the world. Yeah. You think about the biggest singers in the world, and she's like done, yeah. And hundred uh, percent thought that was gonna, that was going to happen. So, the part about it not working out for us is nothing. We we lost a friend, and uh, you especially, who was closer to it than anybody, um, extremely sad. So when the, these days come, you know, we went through a birthday last uh, two weeks ago with Jake, and yeah. and it was a nightmare. And these birthdays always stink, and you don't realize it. Um, the 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 birthdays I think are worse than the day that the person yeah. passed because birthdays are full of hope. Yep. And so 35. Uh, yeah. And uh, extremely, extremely sad situation. Just uh, one quick story about her that will tell you how she thought and it will make you laugh. She was always the thing that she and I liked is she was a big believer in women's empowerment, women in sports and finding opportunities. So she loved people like Katie Temple. She would love my friend Joe Carlo. Uh she dug Lisa Ann, even though yeah. they came from different worlds, but she realized that Lisa told a business story and was successful and wanted to do a podcast and this whole deal. So as we were always kind of talking about different things that were going on in the world of sports where there were opportunities for women to get a door opened on them, there was an NHL event that was coming up at the Hockey Hall of Fame in uh, in 2018, shortly after, I think Erica passed in May of 2019, excuse me, and uh, or Erica passed in March of 2019, the event would have been in May. And so I said to her, hey, there's a women's event coming up hosted by the NHL at the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. 
and kind of along the lines that we've talked, this may be an event that we want to go to. And she goes, well, you know what? Why don't you call the NHL and just tell them we'll host the event? And I said, what? <laughs> and she's like, well, yeah, just call the NHL and just tell them we'll emcee the event. I go, well, that's not how it goes. You don't just call the National Hockey League and say, hey, I saw this event you're hosting at the Hockey Hall of Fame. Congratulations. And I just wanted to let you know, I'm available to emcee the event. And she said, well, have you asked them? And I go, no. I go, this is an event. Well, I think you're selling yourself short. I go, no, I'm not. This is an event where you and I go and we sit in row eight and you eat fucking carrot cake like all you want yeah. to do all day. Yeah, when you get off the phone, call yeah. the NFL and say you're going to host the draft. That's what I said. I go, why don't I just call the fucking NFL and tell them I'll give away the Lombardi trophy? Well, hey, listen, there's a big difference between hosting a great event and giving away the Lombardi trophy. I go, no, there's not. You don't call the league. Well, I would say you should give him a call. I go, I heard you. The Stanley Cup belongs to Jeff now. (laughs) Now, everybody who knows her has said the same thing, which makes me laugh because we all say it with love. You know, if she got on the phone with the NHL, you probably would have been. Because she just made shit happen. But I just, man, I would just say in closing, the the best thing I can say is I hope every one of you that hear this tonight uh, either were there at the event, got a chance to say hi to her, or B, have somebody that comes into your life that does that yeah. for you. I mean, uh, my, my friend Joe Carlo may hear this tonight. She knows what she means to me. You want it, We strive every day to be the friend that the person on the other side of the phone wants you to be. That's who Erica was. Yeah. And goddamn, I miss her every day, and I'm just so thankful. I get the Dr. Seuss saying, Dave, with Jake, with Cheech, with Erica, where they say, don't be sad that it's over. Be thankful that it happened. With all respect to Dr. Seuss, I'm incredibly sad of that course. it's over. Absolutely. All right, we'll be back on Wednesday. Bye.